Welcome to Realign With Your Purpose. My name is Josie Smith, and my purpose here is to help you reconnect with yourself so you can realign with your purpose and reignite your dreams. I'm a mindset and strategy success coach for ambitious, growth-obsessed women just like you who want to identify and break through the roadblocks that are holding you back from reaching your next big up level, whether that's in life, in your relationships, in your career, or in your business, and equipping you with the tools you need to step into your most powerful, most aligned, up-leveled self. I'm here to show you that building the dream life is possible for anyone who's willing to put in the work and invest in themselves. This podcast is all about the real, the fun, the hard, the beautiful, and the challenging parts of life as an entrepreneur, building businesses, cultivating healthy relationships, and diving headfirst into the mindset work necessary to make all of this a reality. As a quick side note, I want to let you know, you're going to hear some spicy language in some of these episodes. So if you have small kids around and that bothers you, go ahead and grab your headphones before we get started, because we're digging into all of it and we're not holding back. Are you ready? Let's do it. Welcome to another episode of Realign With Your Purpose. Today on the podcast, I have Allie Evans. Allie is an empowerment coach. She's an event host. I'm I'm reading your bio here, Allie, and um, it says you took a solo travel adventure around the world, which sounds super exciting, and I definitely want to talk about that. Sure. <laughs> and in that, you discovered your authentic self and realize that the answers you were trying to find were already within you. So, Allie, welcome to the podcast. I'm really excited to have this conversation today. Thank you for having me, Josie. I am excited to have you here too. I'm like, it was just so cool to have the opportunity to be on here and chat with you because I feel like we've connected so much offline, off the pod, not offline, but off the podcast. Um, Yeah. I'm excited to have the the conversation with with, uh, with the vibe that we already have set up and also really great introduction because that is that's me <laughs> that's, you covered it <laughs> yeah well we and we have connected in a handful of different communities we're in some of like some very similar communities but they're different communities and we found each other in in some of these communities and connected through that and it's been fun to to connect online through these communities, but then also to, you know, meet you in person at an event that we both attended. And I, I think we've probably attended multiple events together and not even known it. A hundred percent. I'm sure that's how it works. And it was just, it was so cool with you being there this year and then having your daughter with you. That was just so inspiring to me, like watching your daughter being able to like really absorb all of this. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how I wish I had that opportunity when I was her age or I had that kind of, you know, level of exposure. So it was just really cool mom, cool mom points all around for sure. <laughs> I, I loved being able to bring her and I loved that she was actually interested in going, you know, because not every 20 year old is going to want to go hang out with mom at a weekend event with a bunch of, you know, millennial women. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a lot about her. I, but I get she, it. Yeah, she was all about it. She had fun. And um, yeah, it was it was fun. It was really cool. Yeah. So so tell us kind of a little bit more about who you are and what you do and who you serve and how you got there. Yeah. It's it's loaded, that's for sure. Right? So yeah. I just like to I just like to throw it all out there and fire hose you and and you can take it where you want. Just take what I got, give you give you what I got here. <laughs> um yeah, so like like you said, I'm Allie. Um I'm a empowerment coach. Uh that has been a long uh sort of iteration of different things to come to this is what I do. Um so that has been a, a pretty interesting journey. But to kind of go back to uh, what you mentioned this like trip around the world and what started that. Um, I was a teacher. I was a high school English teacher for about a decade. I was a mentor for brand new teachers. I taught 
English, but I also taught tech. Um, so I taught how to, kids how to use tech in the classroom, which most of them know how to use already. Um, and then I implemented uh, new programs with um, teachers, like how do we bring tech into the classroom? But a long, really fun that kind of hit a ceiling. And that's that's kind of the best way to describe it. And it was such a big, there, there are two elements at that time there were such big parts of my identity. And what I found myself was I was hitting the ceiling in both of them, so to speak. And so in the education field, anyone who has been a part of or is a part of the education field will definitely know what I mean with that. It's like either as a teach as a classroom teacher, you have your level of impact. You have your kids that you're serving. I mean, I've been coaching since I was 22 years old because I was put into a classroom with second semester seniors. And I was, hey, figure it out and helping them figure out what college they're going to or coaching them on like, how do I deal with this idea? Because in the classroom, in a classroom that is one that really serves the students, that is one that reaches the students where they're at. So you're rarely, you know, you're having conversations about the material and things like that, but you're really having these life affirming, helping, supporting all they make these big life decisions, especially at the high school level. Um, So if you're not, the next step from classroom is like department head and then principal. So that trajectory wasn't where I, seeing myself being able to make the impact that I wanted. I looked around at a system that was broken, that we're, we're all kind of living in and aware that are broken now, having um, a bonus kiddo of my own in the system. I'm watching the same thing. And I couldn't impact at a higher level, no matter what I did. So I just hit the ceiling and there was no... I had support, but not enough support of like, I'm trying to grow as a person and there's nowhere for me to go. And then at the same time, um, I was married to my high school sweetheart. We've been together for 13 years. And I was starting to see how this relationship and this partnership was, uh, partnership's a strong word. <laughs> this relationship was falling apart. Um, and I was starting to see the writing on the wall of one, this, codependency that we had created, but really um, the the narcissistic tendencies that he had and the abuse that that occurred because of that, uh, with the majority of being mental abuse. I had this, so seeing that feeling, but I wasn't taking action in both places. And then I was seeing this kind of come to a precipice, but I couldn't do anything. I felt like stuck, right? Which we're never really stuck right? Because stuck is a decision that we're making. So it just takes another decision to get unstuck, quote unquote. But we're still actively making a decision whether we stay still or we move forward. And so he came home one day and said, I don't want to be married anymore. And it was really one of the, it was at the same time, one of the most heartbreaking things that have ever happened to me. And the biggest, nicest thing that he ever did for me, because it was this huge sense of a release didn't recognize it at the time. (laughs) That's for sure. It was shocking to me. But again, I had hit the ceiling. And so with this kind of um, long separation and and pretty nasty divorce that happened, um, I made some decisions because it felt like an ideal time to just blow all the shit up in my life. This thing happened. So I was like, well, let's just let's just blow up all the things that don't fit. And it was an exploratory thing too, like working through pain, working through trauma, discovering some of these things. Like I had no idea that I was with someone who was a narcissist. I had no idea um, that what I was experiencing wasn't normal. We were 17 when we met each other. How would I know that relationships weren't supposed to be that way? Um, that this is this wasn't normal. So I'm blowing shit up in my life, so to speak. And I'm, I'm experiencing it and going through this trauma. And I'm like, I'm not finding the answers. But for me, one thing that I always loved was travel. Um, him and I traveled together. Um, and I also did uh, travel with the school that I was teaching at. Every year, the seniors would go on a Europe trip. And for those five years at that time, I got to be a part of it, which was amazing. And so I knew travel was the thing. And so I was like, all right, well, let's. we got to sell the house because we're getting divorced. Um, we don't have any children. We have a dog. The dog goes to stay with my... Spartacus, my 15-year-old dog, which is insane, um, goes to stay with my parents. And I, I said, okay, I'm out of here. Um, so I went to Italy uh, and I went to teach at a 
uh, program there, a school program. So as a teacher's assistant, which was my way of going obviously really far out of my comfort zone, but enough that I was aware. I'd been to Italy more than I'd been to any other country and it was teaching. So I was like, oh, I can do this. You know, I did this for a long time. And so I remember the planning of all this. It sounded really good, right? It was like, I'm going to go to this place first. This is the place I know. It was very, it was conscious for someone who was in so much pain and so much loss. Like I was just lost. I just didn't know who I was. It was these huge parts of my, my personality. I decided to leave teaching again, blow everything up, right? That's how I operated. But I, who was I when I wasn't the high school English teacher and the, uh, you know, girlfriend, fiance, wife of this person? I, I lost all that. I spent so much time in my life trying to be the best teacher and the best wife, girlfriend, fiance that I could be. And also trying to keep these things afloat. So I'm trying to keep this, this relationship going that, that shouldn't have been, but that was my, my purpose. My purpose was these two things. It was the kids in my classroom, make sure they, they were getting it and they were going out into the world with some sense of critical thinking and, and exposure to life as it is. And also, you know, knowing how badass Shakespeare is, right? Like being able to do those things all at the same time. And then keeping this, this relationship alive because it took all of me. It took, it wasn't in the teacher side was in that. So I said, okay, I'm going to go on a sabbatical, quote unquote. <laughs> and I think I knew in a sense I wasn't coming back. This was 2019, by the way. So just before the pandemic, ideal. <laughs> so I think I knew in a certain sense, but I let this all blow up. And, and I remember it was hard to leave. It was a, a process. Um, and I did it. And I was like, this is the date. It's a program. I have to be there. I gave myself a few days before. So I remember taking a flight. My first flight um, had a layover in London. And I had been to London enough that I was like, I don't need to do the tourist stuff. But I just want to like, walk through Regent Park, I want to go have a, a pint in a pub, you know, like I knew what I wanted to do. And it was like, a, I made it so it was like an eight hour layover. So I had enough time. So, you know, in the rush of things, I, I check my bag um, and I, one, got upgraded on my flight to that airline's version of a first class, which is a budget airline. So it, it was great. There was a lot of space <laughs> and I didn't have to pay more for it. My first sign that maybe this was the right direction that I was going in, despite thing in my head going like, what are you doing? Like, why are you doing this? Like, I get why you're doing this, but what are you doing? You know, that fight or flight. And so I get off the plane. I check my bags or whatever in like a storage place before I get back on the flight to Paris was next. And I get off the, the tube, the subway there, and I hop out to Regent Park and I'm walking and it's the most vivid. It's a simple memory, but it's the most vivid memory for me. It was like for the first time in 13 years, my shoulders dropped. Mm. The weight fell. I'm walking and seeing the most beautiful flowers. I've got my headphones in. The right music came on at the right time. And I just went, oh, okay. Now I get a chance to figure out who I am or go back to who I am, or just any kind of exploration. So this, this just relief washed over me. And I can't describe it as anything else than that. There's probably more poetic terms to it. But it was like, okay, it's your turn now. It's your time. And like you've been holding your breath for years, and you just exhale. I'm not in charge of anyone else but me. Yes. For an undetermined amount of time. Because I said a year, that was the goal. But I was like, it, it, my body just recognized you don't have, you're not taking care of anybody else. It, whether it was a, a student in a classroom, and I, I don't fault my students by any means. They have nothing to do with this. It's a system, right? And it's also who I was at the time, which was giving my whole self. Right. Which I think as women, I know as women, we're told that's what we do. We're, yeah. we're, What's the ideal term for women? Selfless. To be without self. To put your whole, everything you've got into the people around you. And there's nothing left for you. And that started when I was probably far before that. But 
in relative to that relationship timeline when I was 17. Yeah. Holy crap. Right. Like it was a lot of unwinding. It's still a lot of unwinding. I'm five years post-divorce. It is still a lot of unwinding. There's still things come up. I'm in a beautiful, true partnership with the literal love of my life. I am over the moon. This man is, is everything and more. And there's still moments where I'm finding myself in the, in the most like minuscule situations, like playing tennis. And all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, Oh, okay. Like this reminds me of, or this is triggering me here. And having to have learned the skills through therapy, through visualization, breath work, meditation, all of this, these um, tools that I have learned to use in my own life and help my clients with in implementing knowing myself enough to be able to have stepped into this relationship with this man who wanted the same things and and to be able to say to him, oh, sorry, this is triggering me right now. And this is five years post-divorce. This is, it's just wild. It's always interesting and also sometimes a little annoying how we recognize we are always on this journey and we are never finished and we always have work to do and it's never over. And it's interesting when it comes up, the more removed you are from it and being able to recognize it and move through it. But simultaneously, it can also be very annoying because you're like, I've done this shit already. I don't want to do it again. It's frustrating. It's like, yes. how how do you still get to impact? But and I feel like I say this on a daily basis, but healing is not linear. Right. It's not a straight line. It is a, I mean, if you had to draw it in a diagram, it's like a shit show of lines and squirrels and squirrels. It's a freaking right? bird's nest. <laughs> That's what it is. It's like this, this like ball of everything, right? I know that with the the things that I learned in my journey in the last five years for certain, uh, which started on that on that um, year abroad, or it actually ended up being nine months because of COVID shutting the world down. Gosh dang it. Why did they have to do that? Bring right. COVID. Look back and see that term. What a gift that was. Yeah. And even looking back and, and, and talking about this, this part of my life, that was a gift too. And I, that's hard to say, right? Mm-hmm. But I do believe that because I would not be sitting here today as a CEO founder in this beautiful relationship with the bonus son that literally he was always meant to be in my life. There's no doubt, right? That's how connected him and him and I are. This understanding that everything that didn't work out had to be that way for me to really work out as I as I have it been. And it, it allows me to accept a lot quicker when things don't don't happen the way that I want them. Which we have a lot of power, right? Yeah. We have a ton of power. Do we always utilize that power to the fullest? Absolutely not. Because we don't understand ourselves enough to know what we really want. And that ties so deeply back to purpose. I I couldn't have told you five years ago what I wanted for my life. But I took what some people would call an extreme path, right? Of yeah. breaking. Yeah, some people might say that. I don't think so. It was really fun. I highly suggest anyone does a, a you know, blows up their life and then gets divorced and goes, no, I don't suggest why all not? that. Why not? Why not? Why not? Why not? <laughs> yeah, fuck it, right? Like, I, <laughs> I, I suggest having a time where you can love your life. Maybe it's not as dramatic, but break things down. Decide if this is what you really want. But before you decide that, really get to know yourself better. However, absolutely. that looks. A yes. trip abroad. Yes, absolutely. That was way. I, I didn't. It was it was a, a um, self discovery in disguise. So <laughs> yeah, that, that was ahead. you know looking back at what you experienced. Just a couple of things is number one. It's like we can't necessarily like we have no control over the things that happen to us. We have no control over the circumstances that we find ourselves in at times or the ways that people treat us or the 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 things that we find ourselves in the middle of we don't always have control over that but we do have control of how we respond to those situations and how we react when the things happen and when we get triggered and when the things blow up that we didn't intentionally blow up our next step 
is our choice. Like we have power over that. And in looking at how you responded to the things in your life blowing up that you didn't have control over, right? Your husband came home and was like, I'm fucking done. Mm-hmm. You then I wish he coy. said it that way, by the way. <laughs> it was it was very coy and there's a word for people like that. But yeah, I kind of wish it was that way. Anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to. <laughs> so, you know, I wish he said I was fucking done because then I could be, I don't know, reacted different. But let's just, you know, let's just cut to the chase. Just <laughs> yeah, exactly. No. Nope. But you had a choice in that. And y- your next choice was your response to that could have been to like retreat into your shell and and like disappear into yourself and do nothing and and lose yourself and instead you made the opposite choice in what was probably one of the hardest things that ever happened to you to take this massive leap into finding who you were into connecting into just doing something drastic that you felt like was going to make your life better, even though you didn't really know how. What right. was it? Like, what was it that put you on that path instead of the other one? When when you're writing something in a bio or even telling a story, right? It's often how you approach it is like, this happened, then this happened. Because condensing things, right? That was not my initial choice. And I want, I want your listeners to know that because I think there's so many people out there sharing their story for, for sake of brevity. Um, or maybe they just don't remember or, and we see this a lot in social media. Social media is a lot of afters and not a lot of messy middle befores, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. And there's no, there's no fault to that. I'm very much in this, have this very ingrained belief that I've developed in the recent years that things are not good or bad. It's just the the connotation that we put to things. I understand that some things are innately bad, like murder, not great, but like not great, <laughs> not, not the greatest thing. But then like you see stuff like Dexter and you're like, well, you start to question those things. You're like, is murder okay if these people are horrible? But again, there are things that are innately, innately bad, generally things that are innately good, but in, in overall holistically, not really good or bad. It's it's the the energy that we put into it. It's the connotation we give to these things. All of that to say, my first choice was not to get to know myself better or dive deep. My first my first choice was how can I hold on to this tighter? Mm. And that that's the honest truth. It it wasn't he came home, he said, I don't want to be married anymore. And I'm like, I'm moving to Italy. That was my immediate <laughs> response. It was not that. It took time to develop. Initially, it was, I'm going to grip even tighter to this thing that I've been gripping hard to for so long because I think I have that much control. Mm. And to go back to what you said, the only thing, and this is, this is, um, it can be a mindset for some people. You do not have control over anything else but your own reaction to things. Yeah. That's it. Mm. And life is going to throw a lot of shitty stuff your way, right? I was gonna say shitty shit, but yeah, same, right? Like <laughs> shitty shit. Yeah. <laughs> shitty shit your way, right? We often forget the power that we have of choice and then we make it even harder, right? So it's it's the same thing with worry, right? We I was worried about being together for a really long time because it again I was gripping tightly at something that truly was not meant for me. But in the moment I couldn't see that. I was broken. I was yeah. broken by it. And you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. It's a really beautiful story, and it is a beautiful story. But it, that the alley that was experiencing that, I know that now she knows because I'm her same person. Um, <laughs> but like, there's a lot of um, things that I've had to work with, work through of even not coming from a place of shame of that woman that I I was at that point, but actually being so proud of how she survived. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when your whole world shakes up down, because that's what it was, right? you have to respond how you're going to respond. And I didn't have a lot of foresight. I assumed we'd be married forever, even though I knew somewhere in there that this wasn't right for me and there was something better out there. It was too scary to do something else. And and I should have known the undetermined number amount of times that I caught him cheating or texting or on an app or these things, right? But I grew up 
Catholic. Uh, we got married in the Catholic church. I'm definitely what you would call much more spiritual now. And I just thought that this is what you do. Like I caught him. He never told me ever. It was never like, Hey, this thing happened. It was like, I always found out, right? Which you're already deep in it after the first time we broke up, we got together, back together. We broke off our engagement once we got engaged again. Like this was, it wasn't good from the beginning, but I was like, this is what you do. This is marriage. We said in front of God, we said, Hey, we're sticking this out. And we, we talked before we said, we don't get divorced. We're not doing divorce. Divorce is a gift. It's a gift when you make a silly decision when you fall in love with a boy when you're 17 years old and then you just don't want to let it go because you think that's what you need to do. We didn't even get married until 28. Mm. Like there was a long, you know, 11 years together when we got married. There were a lot of chances to escape. I was not, I didn't know any different. I can't even fault her, right? So the interweaving that happens when you are in an abusive situation and, and generally not recognizing it, right? Because I've only recently been able to say this situation was was one of abuse mm-hmm. because it was hard to say like I'm a victim. It's still hard. I'm a victim of domestic abuse because we think of the getting hit so hard into the emergency room visits and and police and things like that. And that's that's not to diminish that at all, that at all. And I, I if you are someone who has experienced that, I just want to know that my whole heart is out to you. And I don't think in this path, we have to compare to either. But like, for me, it was while there was physical, in a limited sense, or what I remember, because a lot of it is blurry. The verbal and emotional abuse is something that you it doesn't, it's so clear when I'm playing tennis with my now partner, and I'm getting triggered. Because Mm -hmm. of the things that were said to me the last time I played tennis, which is 10 years ago, which in this situation where I'm so intertwined, again, gripping so hard, not really knowing which way is up, thinking this is normal. When someone says, okay, now I'm going to let you release from the situation. It did not feel that at first. It was very hard to get out of bed in the morning. It was hard to go on teaching. Um, I coped a lot with alcohol. Um, how much can I drink to, to not feel what I'm feeling? And then at the same time, like I said, it was a, a very difficult separation and, and divorce because there was a lot of rage. There was a lot of not seeing eye to eye. And it was a slow process, but one in which I had to learn how to stand up for myself for the first time ever with him. Yeah. yeah. And and how to stay in my own, especially when I'm getting, I mean, flagrant responses of saying like, you know, you're just hungry for money and things like that. And really what I was trying to do was like, keep myself afloat. <laughs> and I was yeah. trying to like, it wasn't like we didn't make a lot of money. We owned a house that was that we had no kids. And in in the the experience that I was going through, I was trying to heal in a place where I, I really couldn't um, because there was so much uh, coming in from him from anyways. It was like long parts of silence and then trying to date again, even with all of that and trying to get kind of trying to get back together. And then me finding out that there was someone the whole time and and all of these things. Right. It's pretty, I call it like pretty typical. Like I, I used to get mad at him. I was like, you couldn't have like made it a little bit more interesting. Like this is so boring. This is a story. Like this is every divorce story. Like at least make it fucking interesting. This was, this was hella boring. Right. Um, so, and, or stereotypical. And so finally learning to stand on my own two feet. And then the best thing for me was going from meek and sad, which again, it's not linear, but I remember going from meek and sad and at some point just getting fucking angry. Yeah, I was just so mad. And while while anger can be something that is misused, I think it's actually a really valuable emotion. And we can't Absolutely. have right. You can't yeah. have the high highs without the low lows. You can't get get so happy, like innately happy, without being fucking pissed off. Sometimes the anger allowed me to stand up on my own two feet, stand up for myself, down back to the lows, kind of that thing. And then I, I honestly. It's just like, fuck this guy. I'm going to go live abroad. <laughs> like, I'm just going to get, I, I think that's what happened in a certain sense. I'm sure there was another way that I got there. But my only like clear memory was going like, all right, fuck it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I always said I was going to do. And I'm going to be that person who does the things that she said she's going to do. And it, there was, there was nothing about self discovery that it was at all. I was just like, <laughs> anger and rage can be so fucking motivating. Like, there is nothing that can motivate you harder 
than like a good just sense of rage, right? Absolutely. And I'm a, a on the human design chart, I'm an emotion, I respond emotionally. Like that's where that's my where I come from. And and half the population is, right? Like the good amount of us who that's how that's our our that's how we make decisions. Like that's yeah. our authority essentially. And I now know something that I didn't know um, is that, that I don't make decisions from that high, high or that low, low. So I don't mm-hmm. make decisions from like when I'm super happy in cloud nine. And I also don't make decisions when I'm pissed off or sad or depressed or what have you. It, it's that middle round. I got to wait for that wherever I'm at to come down. And then the decisions are still making decisions for using my, utilizing my authority, but I'm not allowing the, the big emotions to, to color the situation. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And I am um I'm an Enneagram 8, so I'm more okay. into the Enneagram than than the human design, but I I remember some of my human design, but I'm an Enneagram 8. So my okay. core motivating emotion is actually anger. So Love that it. is my go-to most of the time in most situations regardless of what the situation is, like that's kind of my go-to. And and it's motivating. It's strong. It's powerful. It's motivating. It gets shit done. And, you know, people hear you. <laughs> oh, they can. That's for sure. And it's funny because on the Enneagram, I thought for I every time I tested, I was a, and when I was a teacher, Enneagram was like a big thing. So every time I tested, I was a two through and through. Like there was no question. Like the percentages were like, wait, like there's no way. And um, I have a friend who has now put Enneagram in, as an aspect of how she is a business coach. And she was like testing it out. And she asked me to be a part of like her test program or whatever. She's like, what do you want? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. I'm a two, like easy peasy, right? Um, And then we started diving into it. I'm not a two at all. And what is interesting to me, and I love an Enneagram, my coaching practice, these are are two tools that I use to help my clients. And and this is even in, you know, one-to-one clients or um, in community gatherings or retreats conferences, all the all the events, there's an aspect of how do we get to know ourselves better. And so I love these tools as right. that way. Yes. And I absolutely hundred percent. And and I know that truly we talked about this already, but like the way that we truly get to know what your purpose is, right? Like your your the the concept of your of your podcast, realign with your purpose, right? And the reason that we have to realign sometimes is life can throw us off. But I think that there's a large percent of people who are living out of purpose that's not truly aligned with who they are. Because the society that we live, live in does not give us the, the prioritization or the, um, the value from getting to know who you truly are, right? Right. There's not space for that. So if I go back to the old version of me, I thought my purpose was to be a high school educator and a wife. I was wrong. <laughs> it was not. That was not it. That was an element of who I was. And I was so certain of it. I was moving forward, assuming that that's what it was. So when we when we get into the the deep, challenging work, because it sounds easy, right? Oh, I just need to get to know myself. It is hard. It oh, is yeah. not. Oh my gosh. You start on that journey and you're unpacking and you're like, oh my God, like what, what, what was this? Why did I believe this? Like, it doesn't make sense or trauma is coming up. So in this like path of self-discovery and, and learning a little bit more about the, my new Enneagram, which I promise I'll share. <laughs> I realized that who that I was identifying, and this is the interesting part for me with Enneagram and, and something that I see as, as, as a, something that needs to be explained to me. Cause for me, I'm seeing something that's not quite, I'm not understanding because I know that the reason I tested as a two or consistently had was because I was in a, a trauma state for 13 years. So in the bulk of that time, like anytime I took the Enneagram was among that, that time. So my true self was not there. So I'm, you know, it's a, it's a, a test that you take, right. That you, you know, it's um, um, subjective. So you're answering questions and, and and so forth. So the subjective nature of it was I was answering with where I was at the time or what I thought. And then I take the test and two was on there. Don't get me wrong. It's not like it. And then I go into this typing session and I'm a nine. I knew that. Isn't that why? I should have had to guess. That's what I should have done. Rewind. Go back. Up. Rewind. Rewind. <laughs> what do you think? Um, yeah, I'm a nine. Yeah. 
think I, I thought maybe like a three or something like that. Like I just looking at it. Cause then I was like, two just not resonating anymore. And so I think there's a, a clear connection between self-awareness and being on that path of self-awareness, like getting to understand who your higher self is and who you truly are and, and Enneagram, right? So like, are you taking this test from where you have this, this good amount of self-awareness? Are you taking this test because, you know, someone handed it to you or sent you a link or whatever it is, right? You know, where and the are thing you with, in that? The thing with all of these like assessments that you take online is, is most of them are not comprehensive enough to really get to the core of who you are because they're asking questions based on how you respond to situations and how you respond to situations is like it's shaped by your life experiences, your trauma, all of the things that you have just like piled on yourself and constructed as what you think your identity is supposed to be. But when you get down to the core of how you're actually motivated, the core of how you're motivated, the things that that are important to you and the things that you fear at your core, that's when you get to like, who you truly are. When you strip away all of these pieces of your quote-unquote identity that aren't even actually yours to carry, but you've picked them up on this journey and you just keep picking up all of these things and adding them on to who you think you are and you get to a place in life where you're like, you think you know who you are and you're doing all of these things and you're living out this quote-unquote purpose that you have constructed because of the things that the world has shown you and when you start to deconstruct those things and you get to the core of who you're actually designed to be, then you can really step into who you're supposed to be, your true identity. Nailed it. Like that's, that's, and for me, that's why I like Enneagram and human design together because the way that you get human design results is, is objective. It's not subjective. Mm-hmm. It's, it's literally yeah. the date. It's your, it's your natal chart. And when you can see, and so I really dove into this. I'm I'm a, a one three, which is like the three side is like I gotta experiment, I gotta do all the things. It's how I learn. But the one is like, just give me all the knowledge. And when I start on something, and it's like I follow, I'm a manifesting generator. So when I follow the passion and I go for it, I've got to learn all the things. So human design has been one of those things that's happened in the last year or so. And so it is a tool that allows me to look at okay, this is this is how I. I'm operating this is my personality. And then this is how I'm actually designed. And when you start to read how these things work together or learning what like, you know, your your the purpose that you're aware of and even the purpose that is is deeper within that you're meant to find out, right? Because life's a journey. It it just is, right? It, we have to to go along this journey to really understand who we are. This is just kind of a, a tool to be like, okay, maybe you're you're and I go through this with clients and at, at retreats and events all the time. It's like, maybe what you're operating from is what you think you need to be, what you think you need to do, how you think you need to operate. And again, there's no, I, I, I'm not into the shame game, right? Like, I'm not here to shame anyone because you don't know. Most people don't know. Let's be honest. It, it is it's a lifelong journey of figuring out. And and trial depending on how you how you learn and how you operate. Like for me, it's going to be trial and error. My profile says, and it's, it makes a lot of sense. I'm going to try everything, and I'm going to learn all the things, but I'm going to keep trying and failing and trying and failing. And and what I know is is the thing that I need to do is not only just try and fail, but then reiterate on the fail. But my work is to allow myself to fail more. That's not easy. To let those things and so when we're identified the, the way that we need to be or what we think we need to do or what we think we pur- our purpose is, and it's, it's not quite happening how we thought it should be, something's off which we all know. And we might know in different ways. Your authority can tell you that in the, the chart. But like, even if you're not using human design, like you, you have a sense. I knew my marriage was not right for me. I knew that relationship was not right for me. I was given a lot of opportunities from, you know, God, the universe, what have you, right? Something higher of like, it's time to go, right? It's time to go. My body was constantly in fight or flight. And it was why that moment in London and Regent Park of, of releasing, it was like, gosh, like you can just figure this out for yourself. This is the path, the upgrade that happened. And holy shit, 
the things that happen, I promise you, whoever is listening to this, when you are truly aligned with your purpose, you will have no doubt because you will look around around you and then experience that everything is aligning for you. And when you're working towards a purpose that is not for you or a role that is not for you, you're going to feel it too. And you're not going to see these synchronicities. And if they are synchronicities, it's usually run the other direction. But like, you're not, yeah. the, the, the world fucking opens up for you. Yeah. And yet so often we bypass our own intuition. Like we have that inner knowing, but we don't know how to listen to it because we weren't, we weren't taught that we can. We weren't taught that we have that power within us of our own intuition, our own knowing. And so we outsource that wisdom to the rest of the world and we let the rest of the world dictate what we are supposed to do. And Preach, nine Jody. times out Preach. of 10, <laughs> it's not the right thing. Because your purpose is never going to come from your third grade teacher or your dad or your partner. It, it's just not. The women that I work with are generally women in any capacity, whether that's part of my community or one to one, or if it's coming to a retreat or coming to an event. Most of the time, what they're looking for is I want to know what's next for my life. I'm feeling stagnant. I'm feeling stuck, right? So normal. If you're feeling that normal, you are a very normal human. This is what most of us are feeling. But the the way that you get unstuck, which I said earlier, you're never really stuck. You have a choice and there's nothing wrong or right with it. If you want to stay where you are, stay, honey. Please stay where you are. That's totally fine. No one's going to shame you. You could go the rest of your life staying right where you are and it's totally fine. But if you are one of these people, which is the women that these are my, these are my, these are my, my women whom you know, not it for me. And whether that's a soft knowing that it's just like, okay. Or it's gotten so loud that you can't ignore it, which generally our our, um, our intuition is, is quite quiet. Our heart, even quieter. It's ego that usually kicks in. But sometimes I do believe that it can get so loud that it feels like it's yelling and it feels like everything is telling you run the other direction. I tell anyone that I'm working with, I do not have your answers. I am a badass coach. I can really help you. The, the results of my clients have seen the way that they've been in to step into their literal dream lives and live their day-to-day, not just 10 years down the road, five years down the road, big goals. Their day-to-day is set up how they want it to be because they've chosen it, because they've, they've taken this path. I'm very good at that. that that's, my, that's my wheelhouse. But I don't know what that is. You are the only one who has the answers for what you're meant to do. What's next? How do I move forward? Should I do this or that? The only person who has those answers is you. What is helpful? Tools like Enneagram, human design, uh, meditation, mindfulness, visualization. These are all tools. They're really helpful. Having a coach that can help you put these things together, attending an experience that helps you pull in more data about who you are, so that you no longer ignore that intuition. And it gets to a point where it, it, it's still quiet, but it's not this whisper like, hey, what did you say intuition? Because the power of it is the more that you listen to it, the more clear it gets. Yeah. And the more that you learn to trust it and and you know that it's there for you. And it, it's it's like what you were saying when I hired my first coach, the first thing I said to her was like, I gave her a list. These are all the things I want to do. I need (laughs) you to help me do this and this and this and this. This is where I'm at. And I want to be here. And I need you to just kind of help me go through this list and figure this shit out. I don't know if I've ever heard a more eight thing. A a lot of money to help me figure (laughs) this shit out. And she just laughed. She goes, yeah, we'll see. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We'll see. And I spent the next three months doing nothing. Just being quiet. And it was the most uncomfortable three months of my fucking life and the best, the most transformative, the most magical, the most just like I would not be who I am where I am today. My kids even would not be who they are today if I hadn't gone through that process. 
if I hadn't thrown away the checklist and don't don't think I threw it away willingly, like I kept coming back to it day after day. When are we going to get to this? When are we going to get to this? Like, I want to get to this. We're running out of time. <laughs> what a magical coach. Like, yeah, we'll see. And she's that. like, yeah, she's like, you're doing exactly what you're supposed to do. You're doing the work that you're supposed to do, which is to sit down and shut the fuck up and start listening to yourself. And I was like, fine, fine. I paid you a lot of money. This better work. <laughs> and it does. And it, it's not the it's not the popular, right? Like, that's not the popular. This is not the thing that you hear all the time. But uh, go you because there was something because I have. I often hear a very different story when people are talking about the first coach that they work with, um, myself included to a certain extent. Go you because something within you said you were you were um, magnetized to this coach. And oh, yeah. it sounds like she's a coach who did things differently, right? Which also, yay her, because that's awesome. We need more of that. The more people that we can have that help support us all in in discovering deeper who we are through whatever, you know, uh, tools they use, whatever their t- was in their toolbox. But I think the the thing that I hear the most is I know I want to do something. I know I need to shift in and do something different. And they they look at a, a, a market that is, and, and they're not looking at it as a market, but they look at a space that is saturated with people who will tell you, co- coaches who will tell you do X, Y, Z, and you're going to make this amount of money, the same thing I did, follow my proven system. And I I call bullshit. Oh, yeah. Fuck the systems. Fuck the systems and fuck the strategies because they will only get you so far. If you're just, they're just a Band-Aid. It's just a Band-Aid over who you are and, and what you're supposed to be doing. And if the systems and the strategies that you're trying to put into place are in contradiction to this identity that you have built and it's not in alignment with who you are, you have this constant battle and you're just going to fight the system the whole time and it's only going to be effective for so long. And and, and I, uh, you're right. You're spot on. And and I'm, I want to say I'm not saying fuck you to those coaches for doing that because I know that. I will, though. I'm, I'm an eight. I can say that. Can say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the nine. <laughs> um, I I want this one tool has helped me. I was literally having a conversation with someone else who's in our our mastermind, also part of our community, who's a leadership coach, and we we had coffee because we're in the same area, and um, we were having this conversation. And I was like, if you can operate from the place that everyone is doing the best they can with what they have, life is going to be a lot smoother. It's going to be a lot more ease in your life if you're just like. Even though this person is irritating the shit out of me, they're doing the best they can with what they have. And can, can we show compassion for that? We we can know that we're in a different place in our journey, maybe ahead if you want to measure it in that way. But these coaches are are basically putting out what they they think will work for people. I don't think that there's a lot of people in this space who are like intentionally taking advantage of people, right? Strategy, that kind of stuff. Strategy and systems, and this is something I've been exploring in my own life, Strategy and systems are important. We need to balance the feminine with the masculine. If you've been listening to this conversation long enough, you can hear <laughs> I'm I'm a more on the feminine. Like that's just <laughs> that's my energy, and it's a beautiful gift that I have. Um, I need the flow state to be supported by the structure and system. So there are structures and systems and set up. But if anyone tells you do it exactly like me and it's going to get these exact results, that's the bullshit because that's oh, not yeah. real. Exactly. You can find, I feel like there's two paths with this and it's exactly aligned with what you were saying. Either you hustle, 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 and you get the thing, right? You get to the goal, you you have the results that you wanted, right? Because this happens and you get there and you look around and you're like, this doesn't feel like I thought it would at all. Mm-hmm. Whether that's just a feeling, this is not right. Whether you literally watched your relationship fall apart You've watched people you really care about, maybe even clients um, that you had prior to implementing these systems fall off or not be uh, with you anymore. Like just watching your your kind of life fall apart. Sometimes it's not that dramatic. Or maybe it's just like, this doesn't feel right. I'm miserable. And I got to this thing because there's there's no there, my friends. I'm sorry. If you have to <laughs> remind that. <laughs> we talk no about there. that here all the time. Oh, great. 
I was like, I knew it came, I knew this was this was on the vibe. So like that, no that elusive destination that always changes. Yeah. hundred percent. And because because our capacity changes, because Absolutely. as we go for goals, we get, we get to this place where we can take on more in a good way, in an aligned way. So if you're you just implement the system, you get there and you're like, this is not what I wanted. And then the other thing that happens, which I think is more common, but I feel like it's an easier thing to get out of, is that you are going, going, and you're not getting the results. Especially if you're a business owner listening to this. If you're not getting the results and you're not seeing it happen, and maybe it's not even business. Maybe it's in dating. Um, I went through that journey. Maybe it's like um, whatever goal that you're going, maybe it's a fitness goal or it's a, um, I don't know, any kind of goal that you have, right? You keep pushing and pushing and pushing and nothing's happening as a result and you were just frustrated. And you're like, what am I doing wrong? I've been hustling. I've been I've been putting everything I have into this. And and you might even question yourself depending on how you operate like, why well, can't I, maybe I'm not giving my all. Maybe I have to do more and you just give yourself in this cycle, right? In either sense, the reason why these things are not working, whether or not you're getting the results or you're not getting the results is because where you're operating from is not aligned like you said with who you are and what you truly want. Yeah. So the the 3 months of being quiet and listening to yourself. Yes, that's beautiful. That's how it is. The tools and things. I went full-time into my business. It's two years old. So I went full-time into my business in June of this year. So it's part-time side hustle. I don't like that term because the word hustle doesn't align with me. And I, I don't yeah. think that hustle is ever the answer. Um, I think slow is the way to go. And I think slow and aligned is is the key. I, it's, it's the cheat code that nobody wants to hear, you know, because yeah. it, it is. It's the process. You can see extreme success, right? So when I went full time, it was because I was working at a tech job and we went through another round of layoffs and I was part of it. And this happened every quarter with a startup as, as to be expected. And I had my moment of being like, oh my gosh, I got laid off. I'd never been fired or laid off before ever from a job. And I was, I was lucky, right? I was 30, 34, 33 years old. And this was the first time this ever happened. So I felt the emotion. I learned that is, that is the difference between people who go to therapy and don't go to therapy. Are you going <laughs> to sit with the emotion or are you not going to sit with the emotion? Are you just going to push through it? So I sat with the emotion. I took on my years of therapy um, and, and I was like, okay, actually, here's an opportunity. This is what I truly wanted. And I thought I was on a trip when it happened, which is a big part of why I was laid off it was because it was easier to lay off the person who was in another country. Um, it was that, in Colombia. I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I'm not, I'm not, I don't blame anybody, but also like, even <laughs> if I was there, I, I'm a peacemaker. I'm not, I'm not throwing, throwing things. I'm maybe sometimes I've thrown things. Um, <laughs> Nights but, can get spicy. Oh yeah. There's, there's a lot of spice here, but it is um, <laughs> nothing that sacrifices my inner peace anymore. Yeah. It's just, that's it. Like I can, I can fuck up some shit around me and things that don't fit and ruffle some feathers, but nothing that's going to mess with my inner peace. If that makes my inner peace stronger by ruffling some feathers and throwing shit, you better believe like that's going to happen. Um, but yeah. Hell yeah. And so as soon as I step into full-time entrepreneurship, I'm going to hustle my ass off because I've got to make my corporate income. I've got to, I've got to show it. I've got to prove it. I don't know to who or what, but I'm like, okay, I got to do this. Mostly it's like, I got to make this work. And I had gone from being a single woman, just worried about myself to now a partner. And at the time, uh, an eight-year-old, I've got to worry about my family, which was something that I'd never had to before. So it was different. And I probably would have left that, honestly, I probably would have left that job a lot sooner had I not had this thing that I was so protective of and wanted to care for. And also the doubt in myself that I could make it work. So I'm thinking, I'm going to hustle. I'm going to do the work. I'm going to work a hundred hours, you know, and Josie, all I kept feeling was the call. It was the, the product of all my work. It was the product. It was like, this is what you coach, Ellie. Um, <laughs> I had hours of morning rituals. I had more journaling prompts than any Like I was like, okay, okay, what does this mean about me? How do I process through this? And people will not tell you, Josie will tell you because this is the, the premise of the podcast, but most people will not tell you that there is a different way to do things than how you've been operating. There is a way to operate and be successful when you slow down and you listen within. But the world's not going to tell you that. The world's going to tell you hustle, hustle, hustle because we need worker bees. We need, we need to keep the, the systems that are already crumbling. We need to keep them going because we need more people that are feeding into it. And 
we're indoctrinated. The people who invented these systems are not even around anymore, but we've just kept them, right? Because it's the way we've always done things. Most dangerous phrase in the human language. So I worked on me almost exclusively. I don't know what business work I did. Well, listening, <laughs> it was a lot of reflecting. And then looked at my end of year numbers, thinking one in September when I went to the Empower Her event, I was like, mm, I'm going to have to start applying for for jobs. All right. Numbers aren't there. I had just, I had money mindset was a big part of 2023. Thank God, because I would not have made it the last six months of the year. And so I started actually looking at my numbers instead of looking away. Financial confidence is a a huge part of getting to know yourself, knowing your numbers and, and knowing where the shame or the feelings are coming from all your money stories, a huge part of knowing who you are. So I'd done the work, the stuff, the work that I didn't think I would be doing. It wasn't like creating funnels or systems or, you know, business stuff. And, um, I looked at my, uh, numbers in September. I was like, oh, I'm starting jobs. November, I look at my numbers and I exceeded my corporate income. And that would be enough, right? Or sorry, sorry September, October, the month after September is October. October, <laughs> I look at my most years income <laughs> and I had exceeded. Yeah. September, I'm ready to quit. October, I look at. And then most years, and then I, and then I, I go back and sure shit, I had made my corporate income on the very first month in my business when I got laid off. I had a client pay me in full, and all the other things that came out of income wise, and I made my corporate income in the same month I was laid off. But I wasn't looking at my numbers that way. I just said I gotta make my corporate income before I can leave my corporate job. I was never looking. How would I know? A feeling like it was silly. Let me let me just say like, fuck yeah, sis. Come on. Oh no, amazing, (laughs) amazing. That's incredible. As a result of doing the things I wanted to do, listening to my intuition, and again, yes, I'm not going to say I didn't work my business. There was an aspect of it, right? But it wasn't the priority. It wasn't the the thing that I thought it was going to be. Wasn't. And then I I do my end of year numbers as of December. And I look at my 2022 for taxes and stuff like that. I look at 2022 tax return. I look at my 2023 and my jaw dropped because I had grown my business by 800%. That's amazing. Not 8%, not 80%, 800%. That's awesome. And so it's amazing. And, and I'm one example of this. Yeah. Yeah. You can do it differently. If you're a business owner, you, can, you don't have to hustle till you don't exist anymore. You don't have to subscribe to the systems that lose more of you. You can align or realign or find your purpose, right? You can find it. You can lean into it. You can do the work it is to listen so that you start working with your body and not against it. Yeah. And you can be success. I'm not blowing smoke up anyone's ass here. Like you can see it. I'm using my example because it's me, but like there's, so many people out there, my clients, people who have been uh, to the events that work with me, people who have worked in group coaching programs where I'm watching them literally make the most success I've ever seen in lives. And that yeah. looks different for everybody. Sometimes it's an 800% increase and that can be part of it. But I'm going to tell you, I'm a present partner. I'm a present mom. I am a amazing friend to hang out with because I'm a lot of fun. There's a lot of joy. I know who I am and I'm so excited to keep getting to know her yeah. for maybe the first time in a long time. And that is a that is just a cool, incredible feeling, you know? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and it's possible. I think the most important thing, and 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 that's that's what I know your podcast does. You're showing women that it's possible. It's possible to know who you are, it's possible to find your purpose, and it's possible to live not just a joy filled, but an ease filled life. Not easy because it's going to come at you that you can't, like we talked about earlier, that you can't control should happen, right? But you can live a life filled with ease. You got to do some hard shit to get there though. Like sitting in silence for three months. Yeah. (laughs) And the hard shit usually doesn't look like you think it's going to look. It usually looks a lot different. Yeah. It it probably looks like peace from the outside. From the outside. Yeah. From the inside. It, it feels like shit, but you know, you get on the other side of it and you're like, that was magical. That was magical. I never would have done that on my own if I hadn't been challenged by somebody I really, really trusted 
And it was magical. It was exactly what I needed that I never knew I needed. And exactly when it was supposed to. Yeah. Because I, I know the feeling of frustration. Because that is, even when, you, even when you're self-aware, even if you're self-actualized, even though you've been on this journey, me included, you're still going to have moments of frustration. First of all, that's my um, human design, another piece, another plug, I guess. <laughs> it's not really a plug. I don't know. I guess people make money off it, but like you can go and get a free chart. It's not a big deal. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it's, it's really not, confusing, though, if you don't know how to read it. Oh, it, oh it, <laughs> I, <laughs> I had years and years and years and years ago, I had someone had shown it to me. And I was like, no, no, And every time I, I bring it up with a client, if they've never heard of it, they're like, what is that? Because the chart looks crazy. Yeah. It's really like you have to find the resources that help you break it down. But my not self-being, so the, when I'm operating in a way that isn't aligned with who I'm truly am, it's frustration. So frustration happens a lot, even with the journey and where I am in my journey. Like, first of all, it's never done. I'm never going to... I've. This was the same way when I was a high school teacher. I'm like, I have a college degree. Yes. I have learned more than you about English. I have more experience in life. In some ex- in some cases, I had students who some very rare cases, but <laughs> some that have just had so much life they've lived, right? Yeah. But I I was never maybe in the beginnings of my career, but as I like understood it more, I was never someone who if the, if I didn't know the answer to a question as a teacher, I'd be like, Google it and you get extra ten points. Or something like that. Like, <laughs> I don't. I'm not going to sit here and claim to know everything or, or, or this holier than now thing. Like, that's not what this is about. Again, not in the shame game. But we all have school skills and tools that are aligned with our purpose, right? That are aligned, that are connected with who we are. Our purpose has a lot to do with the tools that we have and that we're able to utilize to do whatever it is. For me, it's I want to create more spaces where women can be authentically themselves learn who they are and actually live lives that they want to live by creating and choosing and also allowing the flow. I don't want any woman to ever think that they they have to settle for their life as it was. Because if I did that, I would be in a dead-end marriage, teaching at a high school, not inspiring kids because I probably would have switched to someone who was, well, maybe, but someone who was giving so much of herself to everything else but me that the women whom lives I have changed since wouldn't have had that. So that this this idea of finding your purpose and figuring out who you are, if you're someone who like me, and I think there's a good amount of people who are like this, your givers, your helpers, and, and I think people who from your podcast are very much this. By doing that, you're actually helping the world around you. And people will will lose out on the life that they're meant to live if you're not living life in alignment with who you are. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Whether you're a coach or just existing, right? Mm-hmm. Like you don't have to be a coach. Someone can look at you and say, oh, I know I can do this thing that I'm meant to do because I'm watching her do it or I'm watching what she went through. Yeah. It's super important work. It's, it's essential work. Ali, how can people find you, connect with you, work with you, come to one of your retreats? Definitely Instagram is a good place to go. I'm at Allie Jean double underscore. Jean is J-E-A-N-N-E. You can thank my grandmother for that one. <laughs> um, and then uh, also you can just go to my website. It's, it's theallieevans.com. And yes, I come in with that kind of energy, the Allie Evans. But I go. told friends that that was like my website name. They were like, oh, yes, you are. I'm like, yes, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, it, it, there's a place for that. So yeah, um, we actually have a retreat coming up. Um, if that's something that you're interested in, you really want to dive in. And I highly suggest this in any capacity, whether you're coming to my retreat or somebody else's, if you can step away from life as it is, I'm going to tell you that this this journey of getting to know yourself better, it, it goes in a little bit more of a speedy format. I know I said I like flow, but if you want to propel it a little bit faster, get yourself away for a weekend, immerse yourself in experiences that that allow for that. And the retreat that we're having um, is March 8th through the, 8th through the 10th in Asheville, North Carolina. It's a beautiful property called the Horseshoe Farm. Super gorgeous, like all of the amenities you can think of, spa, this beautiful house that we'll be staying in, the most gorgeous view of the mountain. Um, And it's called the Aligned and Abundant Retreat. So it's a matter of understanding who you are. There's activities and facilitators a part of that, as well as looking at finances and, and finding that alignment in your life 
finding your purpose, getting aligned with it, and then allowing the abundance to come through both financial and, and, and otherwise. Um, that is going to be an absolutely incredible experience. It is the, the things that we experience on that and, and that you will experience and hopefully any retreat that you go into the, the self-improvement, self-empowerment nature is, is the way that I've shifted. It's, it's the way that, that again, kind of just repel, propelling that. Um, if anything, reach out. I would love to talk to you, get to know you, let me know how, how you felt about this conversation, which was freaking amazing. Yeah, Thank this was so, so fun. I had like a list of questions and I didn't even look at it. We threw away the list? You threw away the list again? Threw away the list. <laughs> I do that a lot. <laughs> Go with the flow. I'm all about yep, it. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Allie. Thanks for tuning in to Realign With Your Purpose. My intention is that the messages I share here in this podcast help you experience a mindset shift as well as actual transformation and growth. If you found value in today's episode, please share it with a friend so they can experience the growth and transformation that you found in these messages. Or take a screenshot and share it on Instagram and be sure to tag me so I can personally thank you for spreading the message and encouraging everyone to believe in themselves and their dreams. And if anything I talked about today really spoke to you, send me a DM because I would love the opportunity to have a conversation with you. As always, it's been an honor to share this time with you today. And until next time, you got this. Let's go.